Father God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you will move by your power, that you move by your anointing. Sweet Holy Spirit, come into this place. Oh, God, I ask you right now, God, that you would tell the hearts and the the grounds of our hearts and our minds, God, that make preaching, teaching, easing, and revelation receptible for your people, God. Hide me behind the cross. Give me access and ability to menace in the third heaven that I may rightly divide the word of truth. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. If I was going to pick a topic today, it would be, can you hear the calling? Can you hear the calling? Can you hear God calling you? We're going to be in 1 Samuel 3, 1 through 20. The Lord calls Samuel. It's time now to go behind the veil. One of the things about it is now, it's time for us to go farther into God. Many of us don't go behind the veil or have an encounter with God that brings about a radical change. I looked at the word radical. It says right here, it says change or action relating to or affecting the what? Fundamental nature of something, far-reaching or fault. A lot of times, we're not radical when it comes down to God. We're not willing to go behind the veil. We're not trying to hear the call and the voice of God because we're so used to somebody else feeding us. If you look at the mechanism, what is going on now, everybody's talking and you're sitting down looking or listening. But what are you listening to? Are you sitting in your room being quiet, waiting on God to speak? Or are you in a place of meditation? You are looking at all of these devices that says meditation music or, or this and that. A lot of times you need to be still that you can hear the voice of God. You cannot go by an unction. Sometimes you cannot go by what your mind is saying. You got to be in a place that you'll be quiet to know when the spirit is standing you up. And that takes time and that takes practice. And a lot of times we don't want to do this. A lot of times we don't want to go further. We think that we are okay where we are. This is for the pulpit to the back door. You're not okay where you are. You're not. You got to come up higher. You got to come in farther in the things of God because we're getting in closer to the end times like never before. And you think that you're going to be okay and you're struggling now? The more Satan is coming towards the end times and the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and the lawless one that's in the land, you're going to have more depression, more stagnation, more hardship, more pain, more tribulation because of everything that's going on now. And we're not ready yet. We're not pulling on, on God. We're not doing what we're supposed to do because our mind is focused on any and everything but that. You got to get into a place that you shut down all distractions, that you can hear the call of God. You got to hear the voice of God in this hour, and you got to be in a certain place that you hear the voice of God. Sometimes before People see our pain or hurt. They think we are drunk. And the reason why I'm saying this is because when Hannah was in the temple praying, 
Eli thought she was drunk. But Eli didn't understand why she was praying. Eli didn't understand her pain and her struggle until she had a talk with him. So a lot of times, you're, people seeing you drunk on your pain, they don't understand. And it's not for them to understand. And I'm going to read you this little snippet before we go to 1 Samuel, the third chapter. Eli was, according to the book of Samuel, a high priest of um, Shiloh. Says when Hannah came to Shiloh to pray for a son, Eli initially accused her of drunkenness. But when she protested her innocence, Eli wished her well. Hannah eventually, it says, eventually, child Samuel was raised by Eli in the temple. First Samuel, the third chapter. Then the boy Samuel ministered to the Lord before Eli and says, and the word of the Lord was rare in these days. There was no, it says widespread revelation. And I want to talk to you about that because he's mentioning something. And I told you this is what is going to happen in this hour. There is not going to be a widespread of the word of the Lord because it's going to become rare and rare and rare. I told you the way that gospel has been spread, it's going to be differently because the enemy is coming. And that you got to understand something. There's going to be a lot of people talking about Jesus. But what Jesus or what God are they talking about? about. There's only one true and living God. Why would you be in the end times and you think that Satan which is going to have control before the second coming of Jesus Christ. Why would you think he would give you a pure word and people think they're going to be saved based on what they're hearing and they're not hearing the voice of God because Eve got tricked in the garden of Eden because it was confusing of the words and the commandments and if you don't have an ear to hear the voice of God speaking, you're going to be deceived. How can deception come? Deception comes when you're walking in your own will. And God says, because you want this so bad, and look at everybody is falling into their own lust. Everybody's falling into their own will, and they just cave in so easy. It used to be a guard up that stopped us from doing evil. But you notice that thing is lifting up, and it's easy for people to fall into their own lust and their own feelings and emotions. And God is always on the back end, but he's always the first one that we blame. You got to understand what is happening. You're going to have to be able to hear the voice of God under pressure. And one of the things about it is because you have not been trained, because you've been playing in your wilderness and not really getting the information and the revelation that you need how to come out, that you can be soldiers in this last hour. And you want to know why the church is unfit and unsafe right now. That's why the world is not looking to the church. They're looking to them own selves. And the church people are becoming just like the world. And you don't even understand what is going on. But yet you've been church to death. But the spirit of apostasy can fall in anybody. 
And a lot of times, if you've been in a certain state for a long period of time, you becomes a part of you. And it's hard except you get delivered and set free by the power of God. And you got to understand how God is going to move in the hour of the church for the people that's already saved. Are the ones that say that they're saved, but they number the Nicodemus at the nighttime trying to figure out if this is really God. Because one of the things about it, except God comes in and moves on you. Or the Spirit of the Lord touches you on a personal level, there will be no deliverance because God will let you sit in a season of disarray and, and, and confusion. And people don't understand that because we have rejected the word of God. When you reject the move of God or when you reject whatever God is saying and you continue to walk in your own way, you're walking in the spirit of being disobedient and you stiff neck. So that's why it's going to be a longer period of season of people going through because God is going to not do it the way that he's been doing. A lot of times God is trying to teach you a lesson in your struggles and in your pain because it's somewhere down the road that you did wrong. But we don't want to see that. We want to rely on our grace and our mercy. But there comes a time for judgment when you got to acknowledge what you've done. And that's why it's going to be a season of brilliant brokenness. And our brokenness, it causes us to cry out and hear God for ourselves. So there's going to be seasons of being broken that you can cry out to God. God saying there's going to be a true cry that comes out for true to de pure deliverance. There's going to be a season that is going to be a purity that God's going to come from a different place in your heart because you are sick and tired of where you really are. And a lot of times, as long as you're in the comfort mode, that's why God is going to start shifting the ground that you're very standing on. That's why it's going to become unstable for a season because God has to shift and move you from some things. That's why God is going to put you in places where you don't want to be. But that's where you should have been because that's where your healing and deliverance was. There's so many people that's running around from here and there, but yet they're not listening to the voice of God. They're going by what they're seeing or what they think that they're hearing in the God. And you got to understand something. God is a gentleman. He is not going to yell over your voice. There was no widespread of revelation. That means there was no understanding. There was no unveiling of the word. And it came to pass at that time, while Eli was laying down in, the, in his place, and when his eyes had become, begun to grow so dim that he could not see anymore. And this is what is happening now in this hour. The old generals are getting older and they're dying out. And God is raising up another generation to take the lead like Joshua did. But you are looking for someone to do it for you. No one can bring about a change in your life but God. So Eli is growing dim by eyesight. But he's still able to hear the voice of God. But I'm going to put a note there for you. Even though Eli was old, that means God dealt with him for years because he did not do what he was supposed to do. But yet, he was serving in the house of God. So some of you think that you are just nothing but another Eli in the house of God. But yet, you're serving God. But yet, you're not really doing what God has told you to do in your family. The generals cannot do everything they were doing in, in days past. We need the Joshua generation to step forward and march. 
but we're trying to do everything else but do what the will of God is saying. And I'm going to tell you something. In the last hour before Jesus Christ comes, the ones that's going to operate in the spirit and power of God are the ones that's going to give God everything. If you're not willing to give God everything, you got to understand something. That's why you're not going to fulfill your purpose on the earth and the power of God is not going to be there. And you want to know why God is saying it's going to be very few people that's going to operate in the fivefold ministry. And why the word of the Lord is, is going to become rare. Why? Because people don't want to do their calling. Because the more people that answer the calling, the more people is going to be there to serve God with the fullness. The, the, the generals of days of old gave up everything, but we don't want to give up everything. We want to live the life that we want and the life that you live in, you're living and you're dying in it and you're dying in your sins, you're dying in your lust. And therefore, you want to know why the light and the power of God is not there because you're living a life that's not fruitful for God. And when God calls you, you don't know his voice, but you'll stay there and sin. That's why you find people dying and decaying in their sins. Verse 3, it says, And before the lamp of God went out in the tabernacle of the Lord where the ark of the covenant was, and while Samuel was lying there to sleep. Do you see this? The Ark of the Covenant is there, and Eli is still not dealing with his house. The presence in God can be right there, but you're still not doing what God is calling you to do. And the same judgment that you pronounced on others by doing the will of God, it'll fall on you. Because when you're out of the will of God, You'll become to just like the people that you're preaching to. You'll become a castaway. He's going to say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. And you're going to say, I did this and I did that. He said, baby, because you did not keep my commandments. You did not keep my laws and my precepts. And a lot of times we don't understand when God comes back and that word judges us. Because why it judges us? Because we're in a state of disobedience. We're in a state that we're not hearing the voice of God. We're in a state, in a fallen state, but yet the Ark of the Covenant will be right there. You come right into the church, but yet that doesn't mean that you're a partaker of what God is saying. You're not a partaker of the supper. What table are you at? Are you at your own table that you have prepared, or are you at the Lord's table? First Samuel 3. And starting at verse 3. While Samuel was lying down to sleep, that the Lord called Samuel and he answered, Here am I. So he ran to Eli and said, Here I am, for you called me. We run to man. That's what we do because he was used to Eli's voice. We run to man first. We know man's voice, but not the voice of God. We are still young like Samuel in the Lord or the things of God. Just because you've been in a church for 20 and 30 years does not make you a mature Christian. A lot of us are just like Samuel, little child in the house of God. 
still run into a man. Because he was used to doing things in the house of God. For Eli. Because Eli's children were not fit to truly serve God. But yet they were doing the things of God. But yet they were not fit. So therefore they were operating in the spirit that did not have the anointing of Christ. And it did not bring fruitful. And Eli never put his house in order. I hope you're looking at your life a little bit closer. God does not care about you coming here, neither does Satan. But what, they do, what Satan doesn't want is for you to really grab a hold to the principles and the concepts of Jesus Christ. And a lot of times we don't understand that. God does not stop you from coming in this church. But it doesn't mean your spirit is right. It doesn't mean that you're really preparing yourself to come into the presence of God. Eli's children were not preparing themselves to come into the presence of God. They just came any kind of way. And you want to know why Aaron's sons brought up strange fire. And it killed them in the tabernacle. Verse 5. So he ran to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he said, I did not call you. Lie down again. And he went and laid down. And the Lord called you again, Samuel. So Samuel arose and went to Eli and said, here I am for you called me. And he answered, I did not call you, my son. Lay down again. Now Samuel, verse 7. Did not yet know the Lord was calling. Nor was the word of the Lord yet revealed to him. Let's talk about that. Before you get the, there's a call first, but then there's a revealing of who's speaking to you. A lot of times we think the voice of God is like everybody else. But everybody else may have an opinion. Everybody else may have a revelation based on what they know, but they don't have a revelation. It's different when you're getting it from the mouth of God. It's different when God reveals himself to you. And the Lord called Samuel again. The third time, then he arose and went to Eli and said, here I am, for you did call me. Then Eli perceived. I looked at the word perceived. It says be aware or consciousness of something. Come to realize or understand. Eli perceived. He became aware. Consciously, what God was doing. Therefore, Eli said to Samuel, go lie down and it shall be if he calls you that you must say, speak, Lord, for your servant here. So Samuel went and laid down in that place. And I want to talk to you about verse 9. Eli gave him instructions to follow the next time Samuel heard the voice of the Lord. A lot of times we don't want to follow instructions. We don't want to follow the leading of somebody else that's higher than you in the spiritual realm because you think that you're equal and you're not equal. Samuel was not equal, but yet he was in the house serving with Samuel, but yet he was not equal. Can you hear the calling? A lot of times we think that in the church people are bad. We think that we look at numbers. We've been in the church as maturity and hearing the voice of God. 
and it's valuable from this point on how you are spending your time with the things of God. How you are perceiving God. How is God speaking to you? You can't be wasting your time in the house of God. Can you hear the voice of God calling you? God is calling us up into a different place and a different standard of our lives. We got to lay down our will that the spirit of Christ will may come up. God is not going to force himself. He's going to move over you and look for somebody else that is ready in the spiritual realm. And you're going to look at that person and say because you're looking or perceiving with your own eyes that they're not fit. And a lot of times that's how man miss it because we're looking for God to fit in our agenda or in our eyesight. And it's not about our eyesight because God's ways is not like our ways. His thoughts are not like our thoughts. They're far and above our thoughts. God sees light years down the road. You only see what you're looking at now unless the spirit reveals you any different. Verse 10, then the Lord came and stood and called as other times. Samuel, Samuel, and Samuel answered, speak for your servant is here, hears. I want to let you see the steps. God called him three times. He got instructions for Eli, and Eli perceived that it was the voice of God, and then Eli told him what to do, the answer the next time, and then now, did you see where God stood up? So now he's not just a voice. He's standing up. And I want you to understand this. And then after God stands up, you have to answer. Then the Lord said to Samuel, behold, I will do something in Israel at which both ears of everyone who hears it will tingle. Now, after you're in the place that God can hear and deal with you, now he's revealed stuff to you. And if you really look at this, he's giving you step-by-step -step instructions. It says, in that day I will perform it says, perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to end. It says, for I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the iniquities which he knows because his sons made themselves vow and he did not restrain them. I looked at the word vow, it means wicked. Morally bad. God will give you time to get yourself together. It don't matter if you're a pastor, priest, or prophet. There comes a time that God moves in what he's already spoken to you that he was going to do. A lot of times when I'm dealing with people and I could tell when it's old sins. Old sins is something that the Holy Ghost will give me and I know that God has dealt with that person but they want to act like they dumb. That's why I don't look at people in their face when I prophesy. I tell them what thus says the Lord and God said you know it and I walk away from it because I can tell because of what God is saying and doing. A lot of times as a pastor you have a discernment over the sheep that they don't even have amongst themselves. 
That's why when we got to get this thing right, we got to get into a place that we hear the voice of God and that we do what God is calling us to do because it's very important now that you clean up your house before judgment comes. And you sit there and want to listen to the enemy all the time, planning your head. No, you ain't got to do it. Ain't that bad? Or you don't have to do it. Oh, I'm going to, God is going to do it. No, God gave you the authority. God gave you what you needed to do. But a lot of times we don't want to judge those things which we feel like we had fought for. But you are more worried about what they're going to say than what God is going to say. The Bible says you need to fear the one that can kill the body and the soul. But you want to look at because they're not going to love you. God, if you have enough faith in God, God will fix it where they'll come back and bow down to you like they did Samuel. Excuse me, Joseph, with his brothers. Samuel heard the voice of God. This generation is looking for a sign. Eli got punished for, the, for that. It says, because he never addressed that in his house. Why would you go down for someone else's sins? But that's what you're going to do because you don't want to address anything. You want to live in your moral, incorrect minds. But yet you read the Bible and says, I'm putting on the mind of Christ. Let this mind be in me, which is also in Christ Jesus. But yet you're not. You are going to die by the corruption of your own thoughts and your own mind. Because you failed to allow God to deliver you and set you free. And can you hear the calling of God? Can you hear what God is saying to you? Can you understand and perceive the voice of God in your life? It is very important when he says, no, that you do not do it. But no, you justified in your mind. And you become vile, wicked. Immoral. But yet you think that you can house the presence of God. In this last hour, God is you looking for holy vessels. And this holy vessel is not that they are perfect. It's the fact that they soul. They have submitted their total will to God. And they have come into a place that, that they have more control over their walk and their purpose and their destiny in Christ Jesus. And we're just giving our minds and our bodies over to wicked things because we think that that thing is greater than us and it becomes an idol in your life. There's nothing in this earth realm that is greater than God. You need to submit your mind and your will over to a higher power. That higher power is God. And people don't understand how you can get spirits from different things. Whatever it is that you submit your will to, that's what you serve. And you say these things over and over again and people don't understand why all of these things are happening in our lives. These are basic principles that you need after you hear the voice of God that he stands up. And then he brings forth revelation in your life. You're trying to hear God laying down. How are you answering him? How are you perceiving him? How long would he tell you to do this and do that and you never do it? Well, I'm going to tell you something. God cannot move you forward until you answer this or acknowledge this and correct this. Because God knows it will be a hindrance down the road in your life. 
but we'll stay here in 1999 and never move forward to 2000. But yet you and God in the church here. But really you're serving God back there. And we don't understand why we can't move forward. And he's, in Ezekiel, he said, can these dry bones live again? He says, you, O oh Lord, only knows. And I say that to you because when you're still here in 1999, you're still there in them dry bones and you have that recognition that only God knows and God only knows when you submit to him. He has the plan for your life, but yet you have to come into a place that you surrender and that you submit because you don't know what you're going to do. You cannot trust yourself like that. And if you do not have the spirit of Christ living inside of you, God knows what is ruling you. It's yourselves. It's hard enough having the spirit of Christ and staying on point, but having it not is even worse. And we don't understand that. God wants you to have all of him, not a piece of him. You need to allow him to cover you from the head all the way down to the toe sole of your feet. You need to allow the spirit of Christ to come in. You need to allow him to root and ground you. You need to be like the tree planted by the rivers of living water that you should not be moved. You need to hear God while you laying down that he can stand you up, that he can give you revelation, that he can open up what his plan is for your life, that you can trust God. One of the major things in the church now is that we do not trust God. We do not have a faith in God and that's why God is still stagnating in our life and we do not understand when God calls us up and out of things to bring deliverance in our lives, you have to first acknowledge him in all your ways. And Leah never addressed what was in his house. You need to address those things in your house. Those things in your house is what's hindering you. It's not what's happening on your job. You don't bring your job home. It stays on your job. Them people do not follow you. It's the little smoxes in your house that destroys the bonds. You need to see. It's where you lay your head at night. It could bring you peace or it could bring you destruction. I want to talk to you about something, Matthew 16 and four, Luke 11 and 28. The demand for a sign. This generation seeks after a sign. If you look at everything that's on the internet, everybody's got a word from the Lord. Everybody's got a sign. As I told you, Look at the instruments that's out there. What did I tell you? You sit down and it talks to you, but you never sit down in God and meditate on him in quietness and peace. Everybody think it's going to be this and this and that. They say it's going to be rumors or wars. But he said that is not, that's not it. Everybody's doing all of these crazy, wicked things now. You don't really know who God is in. By the internet, and if God does not show you that person, and you still follow them, you got to be careful about looking for a sign and a wonder. 
You don't even know the lifestyle that they're living. All you seeing is what you think is a manifestation of power. One of the men that I, I thought of and respected more come to find out that he was a charlatan, that he was a shankster and a gangster. But yet he moved in signs and wonders. And I remember praying to God and God dried it up. I said, God, blah, 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 this and this and that. And God didn't tell me about Billy, but God dried it up. I didn't have that desire anymore. And years later, I found out why. You got to be careful about a sign that you're following. You don't know what people is doing behind the scenes to possess a fake power in Jesus Christ. Look at Eli. He was in the temple, but yet, did he could really possess the power of God after God sat there and spoke to him personally about what was in his house, and then he did not restrain them. He did not tell them. He just let them go on. And I'm going to tell you something. When God anoints you to deal with your house, that power and that strength is there initially because God does not send you to assignment. I don't care where it is without preparing you first. It's when you go and try to deal with it, the power of Christ is not there because you didn't move according to the wind of the spirit of Jesus Christ. That's a lot of times when you miss God and you go back and figure it was out, it was God. Because you hesitated and you didn't understand and know the voice of God. A lot of times when you go back to try to fix it and prepare it, the anointing is not there because God has moved on. That's why it's very important that you move according to the wind of the spirit of the Holy Ghost. Mark 16. Verse 4. I'm going to go back to verse 3. Today it will be stormy, for the sky is red and overcast. You know how to interpret the appearance of the sky, but not the signs of the times. A wicked and adulterous generation demands a sign. Look at our generation now. It's wicked and it's adulterous. And that's why we are married to so many different people. We're wicked because we're serving other gods. That's why it's easy for you to do all kind of things in your flesh. And you're so busy moving in your flesh, you're looking for God to move the way it is in your thoughts. God does not move according to our ways and our thoughts. God moves according to his spirit and his time and his purpose in the earth. Because the people of God does not know the power and the presence of God. That's why when he come, he's not coming lowly on the lamb. He's coming in flourish, pledge, power on the earth. And the earth is going to shake from heaven and from earth. He said, I'm doing a shaking in the heavens and in the earth. And there's going to be a mighty shaking. And the people of God that does not know the spirit of God, and they're nothing but a Nicodemus coming to God at night, they're going to be the first one to be afraid. The, the people that's not saved, they're not going to care because they're already serving their masters. They're going to be on a strong delusion. And you're going to wake up. But will it be too late? Because you're looking for a sign and a wonder. You can recognize everything else, but you cannot recognize the son of man. But none of you will be given 
except the sign of Jonah. Then he left them and went away. And the sign of Jonah, he was in the belly for three days in the whale. Luke 11 and 29, as the crowd was increasing, Jesus said, this is a wicked generation. It demands a sign. I have that highlighted. It demands a sign. And that's how we deal with God now. We are demanding God to do what we want. And if he don't, we get an attitude because you have no fear. The Bible says the beginning of wisdom and knowledge is the fear of the Lord. And that's why if you notice, quote, most Christian folks are not fearing God. That's why they're doing anything that they want. People are giving in to their own lust. They are caving in to their own desires. But none will be given to them except the signs of Jonah. And we don't understand this. You want to know why you can't hear the calling. You cannot know why you don't hear the voice of God. The flesh is too far up in you. It's got to be cut down. It's got to be in a place that your spirit of Christ got to be above your will and your flesh and your desires. We're not willing in this hour to be sold out. And it's going to take a sold out generation. It's going to take a Joshua generation to take on the arms and fight in the next fight. And this next fight is happening now. That's the winning of souls for the kingdom of God. But you'd rather go home and look at it. You'd rather go home and serve your own children. You'd rather go to your jobs and serve everything. You're serving everything else, but you're not serving God. What are you doing for the kingdom of God? What are you doing? What souls have you won? That is the greatest commandment. Go out into the hedges of highways. Propel the lost to come into the house of the Lord. Who are you witnessing to? But you want God to do everything for you, but yet you're not obeying God. Eli failed to address the issues in this house. You got to get into a place that you call it like it is. That you address it like it is. I had to get to the place in this church that I had to have no fear. That's why I could tell them, if you don't like it, there's the door. Because I knew through a process of time that God said, I'll make somebody else that don't even be up in here help you. I've been there and I've done that. Worried about if people are going to leave and how this is going to get done. But God had to raise me up into that place that he's going to take care of it. If he's already ordained it, he already know what they were going to do before me. And a lot of times we don't want to see God in a way that it causes our faith to grow and to move out into an area that we were once afraid of. You cannot be fearful in this hour. Your fear is going to cause you to be a castaway. And you got to have faith in God and know that God is there. And knowing that what God has ordained, he's going to sustain. And no matter who comes and goes, who tries to kick up against the prince, because can't nobody tear down the house of God. He said, Peter, upon this rock I build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And you've got to understand something. I have to do what God is calling me to do because in my household depends on whether they like me or love me today. But I better do what the will of God is saying to me no matter what the cost is because God knows the way that I take. Can you stand? Can you really stand on the will of God? 
It's time now to stop talking faith and walking faith. Understanding that the call of God and he's calling us. Can you hear the voice of God calling you? Can you hear him calling you in the midnight hour? How many times has he called your name? He doesn't stop calling you. But you better answer. Change your lifestyle. Change your appetite for the things of God. Stop finding fault with the house of God. And knowing that what he's ordained, he maintains. And one thing that I found out, I don't care what's in your house, they're always going to find fault in what you do. It will never be enough. You might as well stand up and do what God has called you to do. You could be the head on your job. They're always going to find something wrong with the way the business is ran. But yet they are always never going to fulfill their purpose. You ask them to stand up and they will never do it. I never forget in the early days when I took over this ministry, it was a man. He used to sit there and correct me on everything that I've done. I'm just taking on ministry now and scared and trying to find my way, trying to find my way in the spirit. But I said, won't you come up and teach? You know, he sat down and said no. But see, it's easy to pastor from the pews than when you got the pastor from behind the pulpit. Let's go back to 1 Samuel. And it's very interesting that God will use something in your household and tell you and speak something that was already there. It's strange the way God is using this little bitty boy and that his Eli's children were priests during those times, but they were not fit. To hear the voice of God. In the beginning of the verse, it tells you that it was no widespread word of the word of God. And there was no unveiling or revelation of who God was. That time is here and now. That's why in this next season, in 2022, I'm going to tell you what is going to happen. There's going to be a move of God in the land and people that's in the house of God are going to miss it because they're looking for God to step in the building. But God is right out there in the street. I told you, he's bringing it from out of the Jordan. The next great revival is in the street. And he's going to judge the house of Zion even more. And he's going to get rid of all your idols that you see on TV. He said, I'm going to shut it down. That's why a lot of these Christian channels are being shut down. They know that people are living any kind of foul and vain life. And you sitting there and they're putting poison in you. And you're sitting there thinking that's your ministry. That's your God. And God says, well, I will have no other God before me. And he's going to shut it down because they're worried about the ratings instead of the lifestyles of the people. There's going to be more deaths in Zion. There's going to be a more separation of the men and women of Zion in the house of God because they're not doing what God is doing, calling them to do in this hour. There's going to be far and few between gentlemen in the house of God now or in the army of the Lord as in widespread in the gospel of Jesus Christ because God is cleaning house. He says he's going back to Zion. He's cleaning Zion up. I'm not worried about what he's doing to the world. I'm looking at what God is doing inside the house and he's raising up 
another generation that will obey him and follow his instruction. And they're not going to care about your money, your fame, and your fortune. They're not going to care about being on Sky TV. They're not going to be worried about being on TBN and all these other things. God is doing it. The grace and mercy that he gave our forefathers from times past is not going to be what is going to happen now because God has to prepare an army for the end times. Are you that army? Are you hearing the calling of God in this hour? Are you stuck in your own ways? If you can overcome your house, you can fight any enemy in the streets. How you think you're going to fight a, a devil in the street and you can't even face the devil in your house? God does not work backwards. God works inward, outward. Isn't that what he does? He cleans you up on the inside. And then he manifests himself on the outside. That's the way he does in your house. He cleans it up on the inside. And then he manifests the glory of God in your house. And then you out. Then you can have home revivals. Then you can pray effectively. That's when you can call down the power of God. But nobody wants to be on the backside of the desert like Moses. You just want to be there in front of Pharaoh. And Pharaoh demons and magicians are going to knock you down. Because you do not have the power of God. And you don't even have the staff of God. Representing the voice of God and the power of God. you got to understand something. Some of us don't want to take off our shoes and be in the burning bush. And step there in the fire with God. And allow God to come in, purify us and clean us up. You're so busy running from the fire. But the is what purifies you. Moses was getting purified on Mount Sinai before he even came down to told his wife that God was sending him back to Egypt and God set up his brother and said your brother's coming back and God used a person that ran from him to send back to the people that he very left but you're not ready yet. You're so busy trying to evangelize in your house and you're not even ready. The word is not even being engrafted in you. But yet you run into church every Sunday. You have Bible study. You have prayer service. You're doing all of these things. Why is the word not taking root? Because you don't want to obey the first commandment. We got to lay aside every weight. Everything that hinders us. Everything that causes us to, to be a snare and a hindrance in the body of Christ. One of the things when I pray to God, one of the things I say, I do not want to disappoint you. I don't want to use what you've given me the wrong way. Can't you see that's what caused our forefathers to fall? This is the hour of the great falling away. First Samuel 3. In that day I will perform against Eli all that I have spoken concerning his house from beginning to ending. God said, I'm going to complete this thing. This is verse 12. From beginning to the ending. For I have told him that I will judge his house forever for the, it says, iniquity which he knows. Because his sons made themselves vow and he did not restrain them. And therefore I have sworn to the house of Eli and that I, it says, and the iniquities of Eli's house shall not be atoned for my sacrifice or offering forever. Do you understand this? He's finna get rid of a whole generation. He's finna get rid of everything.
when God, over a period of time, I want you to take this home with you. God deals with it from the beginning to the ending. Whenever, whatever that he's got for that judgment from the beginning to the ending, he's going to deal with it. He's going to deal with Eli. He's going to deal with the kids. And then she's going to birth a child that's going to be called Ichabod. But Eli's generation was destroyed besides that baby. Men brings forth seed. And you don't realize that God is going to be putting Ichabod not only on church doors, but your doors, if you're not careful. It's the blood splattered on your door that the deaf angel can pass you by. What is the deaf angel? The spirit that's going to haunt your house and your generation. Because you fail to shut the door. You fail to restrain them. I want you to see this. You want to know why generational curses can last so long in people's houses. Except God will raise one person up to be saved and to fight all of those spirits, anoint them to deal with it, and they convert the generation curses so it does not go on any farther. But if you're not that person, you're looking for somebody else to come up behind you because you're weak. You're scared. Because you have no faith. You have to come into a place that you have no fear in God. That the presence of God can reside. Verse 15. So Samuel laid down until morning and opened the doors of the house of the Lord. And Samuel was afraid to tell Eli the vision. Then Eli called Samuel and said, Samuel, my son. And he answered, here I am. And he said, what is the thing that the Lord has said to you? Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hear anything from me of all the things that he said to him. He had enough wisdom to know that God spoke to him. Sometimes it's not so much in the big things, it's in the small things. This is how I could see God raising up another generation that's really been ignorant of him, but because they are hungry for him. They're hungry for the truth. Look at what is really happening in this next generation. They're looking and hungry for the truth. But we're so stuck into piercing. We're so stuck into body and, and, and the clothes that they're wearing. Because they're not looking treachery. But looking treachery does not make you saved. This generation that's coming up, it's going to look not like the church of old. Nor really have a taste for it. Because they see the corruption. And God is going to raise up a person that mirrors what they're doing to lead them out because that's the same way he drew us. You looking for a pastor in a robe to save your child. It may be a man on the street saying, brother, I've been where you are. Come, thus says the Lord thy God. He's going to have an earring in his ear, going to be dressing just like them. But yet they're going to have the power of God. 
God is going to move a different way in Zion. And God says that my church is not prepared for my next move. Because he's coming another way. But if you go back to the Bible, he came another way. They thought they were coming. Oh, he was going to come so magnificent in the glory and the power of God. And they rejected him. He came lowly and meek on a donkey. He was born in a manger. You think that God is not going to do another move? There's going to be another move of God. And the people of God are going to miss it because they're looking for Jesus the way that they have discerned him in their mind. And the way they have been taught and preached to, which was wrong. Because they preached Jesus in a box to you. And the only way that you were able to see the kingdom of God was through a man in a robe or a woman in a robe. Dressed up all fancy. Drove a certain car. You threw money at their feet. The bigger their house were, the bigger that person can bless you. The devil is a lie and you didn't even understand they were caught up in their riches. And you don't need to see, you need to really see this and understand this. Please do not hide it from me. God do so to you and more also if you hide anything from me. Of all the things that the Lord, he said to you. Then Samuel told him everything and hid nothing from him. And he said, it is the Lord. Let him do what seems good to him. And this is what is happening. He's accepting it because he knew that he did not follow the voice of God. I pray that something's been said and done that caused you to look to a place in God. But before we close it out, I want to talk to you about we demand a sign. It says, look at your phone. They are becoming more advanced, and it is, it says, dimming your ears. You are in a strong delusion. It says, it is the, it says, in the sight, the mind. And one of the things that what God is saying, that technology is becoming more advanced, but yet we're becoming more dim in our sight and in our minds. You got to see what the technology is really doing. It's becoming more and more advanced. And it's dimming our ears because we can pick up the phone now and get your prophecy. Get your word from the Lord. But you don't know the lifestyle. This is crazy. People will buy a phone for $500 but don't have money for food and etc. I want you to see what they're doing to you. But you got to understand something because you're so addicted to it, you're going to spend whatever they're telling you to do. But yet you don't have money to buy food and water. My people, what is happening? He said the children of the world are more wiser than the children of light. You got more people out here in the world are more disciplined with money than the house of God. Because in our mindset, and you better be honest with yourself, God got a count on a thousand here. He'll fake away. He'll make away. 
But what happens when he stopped making a way? Because you've been disobedient. Second Thessalonians 2. Verses 10 through 11, King James. Second Thessalonians 2, 10 through 11. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness, in them they perish because they receive not the love of the truth, that they may be saved. Because they don't want to receive the truth. that they may be saved. If you don't have an understanding of the word, just like he twisted it with Eve in the garden, the, he, the serpent is here twisting what we, our knowledge of God. And half the church right now would rather buy into a lie than receive the truth. Because the truth is gonna cause you to change. It's gonna cause you to, to make another direction of your life, of friendship, your connections in life. But you'll eat up a lie to stay in a place that God has not ordained you to be in anymore. You don't understand when the spirit moves, you have to move. And who you have to say bye to, you just have to say bye to. I'm going to read you this. It said the following are the seven traits of the Joshua generation. The Joshua generation honors the previous generation. The Joshua generation honors the previous, um, it says the Joshua generation is a people of great faith. The Joshua generation has a conquering anointing. The Joshua generation is a people of the, of the book. The Joshua generation doesn't tolerate ungodliness in the camp. The Joshua generation is a people of purpose. The Joshua generation is a generation of accomplishment. I want you to understand. We're that generation that our forefathers prayed for. Can you hear the call or the calling of God in this hour? I pray that something's been said and done. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.